Marketing Rules Podcast, and I'm your host, James Whitelock. Personal branding is a hot topic in marketing right now, but being a brand is something sports stars have had to deal with for years. So this week's guest is Derek Redmond. Derek was an elite 400 meter runner representing Britain at every level of the sport. But Derek is probably best known for an incident in 1992 at the Barcelona Olympics, where during a heat, he tore a hamstring and was helped over line by his father. In this episode, Derek talks about the mindset of an elite athlete, his transition from sport to business, and his thoughts on personal branding. So, Derek, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you uh, on board on the Marketing Rules podcast. Um, you're a little different from some of the people we usually have on. We've had kind of, um, you know, we've had, uh, you know, um, athletes and sports stars on before, but, yeah. you know, you know, not possibly someone who has achieved as much as you have in their okay. kind of like professional athletic career. Um, yeah. And and although we are going to talk a little bit about marketing and a bit about business, I think it'd be a really good kind of place to start just to kind of just take a little bit, let's have a little kind of trip back in time and just okay. give people a little bit of kind of a background of, you know, it'd be good to know more about kind of how you got into kind of elite athletics um, okay. uh, and the kind of things you achieved. And then what we'll do is we'll move on to talk a little bit about how you can, what you've taken from athletics and moved into the kind of business world. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so uh, to cut a very long story short and a whirlwind kind of a, a conversation of how I got into athletics, I joined my first athletic clubs at the age of seven just because I love sport. Um, ended up being a sprinter, running hundreds and two hundreds. By the time I was 15, I ran my first 400 by accident. And I say by accident because the guy who was supposed to run the 400 for our club didn't show up and I ran it, <laughs> won it, broke the area record, liked that feeling and continued running 400s from there on was in. This, was this, this is Northampton, right? Uh, yeah, so I started at Milton Keynes and then I moved to Northampton. So when I was 15, I was running for an athletic club called Northampton Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I say, I was... I ran the 100 and the 200 and finished third in both. And then the guy who was supposed to run the 400 didn't show up. Um, team manager wanted someone to run the four. It was a situation where even if you come last, the team gets a point. So every point, you know, helps. And it's a, it's a team that amasses the most points at the end of the day. Um, so I, I ended up running the 400, winning it, um, having no clue how to run the 400. And did that for the next few weeks. Kept on breaking my area record for my age group and decided that winter, at the end of the season, that I'll become a 400 meter runner. Following year... Um, I went to the English schools, which for a schoolboy is or school, yeah. you know, student, boy or girl, is the biggest thing. And I finished second in the English schools, got my first junior international, and then that's pretty much where it started. Um, while I was a junior, I had a few junior internationals, and then in 1985, um, 27th of July, 1985, 11:45 p.m. in the Bislett Games, my life changed, and I went from being ranked, I don't know, sixth or seventh in the country to being ranked fifth in the world. Uh, around 44.82, broke the British record, and bam, there I am, kind of on the international amazing. Uh, scene. Um, it was amazing, it was shocking, it was surprising, I wasn't expecting it, my coach, none of us were, but it it just happened. And that's where it started, 86, uh, went to Commonwealth Europeans, we won gold there, 87, won a silver at the World Championships, my first full World Championships, 88, I made the Olympics, um, uh, and snapped my Achilles tendon, warming up for the first round. Um, injured 89 and 90, 91, went to the world champs, um, semi-fit, um, didn't have a great individual, mm-hmm. um, but in the relay, uh, we managed to uh, <coughs> become world champions and beat the Americans for the first time in 50-odd years, and that was myself, Akabusi, uh, Chris Akabusi, John Regis, and Roger Black. Yep, I and remember. 90, yeah, um, and then 92, 
uh, obviously was the was the one that everybody remembers from Barcelona, where I uh, again was one of the favourites for gold, but um, won the first two rounds, got into the semi final, and then pulled my hamstring, and obviously I decided to to get up and finish the race, and then. Yeah. Um, my dad came and joined the party with the last hundred to go, <laughs> so to speak. I mean, I mean, we're not going to. I don't want to necessarily kind of dwell on it because I think it's quite a well-told story. But you know, it is one of those kind of moments that people remember in athletics, right? And it's become iconic that kind of moment. It, well, do you know what? It's not just athletics. I mean, that's the weird thing about it. It has. Be- I mean, it still shocks me. It has become such a used uh, and uh, talked about uh, moment. Um, I. I, we, if you include my dad, had no ideas that the best part of 30 years later, this thing would still be, you know, prevalent in in people's lives. And, you know, to this day, I still get comments, messages, emails, sometimes even letters um, from people talking about how that moment has helped them, has changed their lives. And, And to be quite frank, they've had a lot worse happen to them than pulling a muscle in a race. Um, I know that kind of, you know, damp, damps it down a little bit, but it, in essence, that's what it was. And, you know, some of the stuff that it's helped with people, it's just, it, it's just truly amazing. But I suppose like, it's that kind of like visually, it's, it's just a visual kind of representation of, of overcoming adversity, isn't it? You know, I mean, or, or just striving and getting the job done, getting it done, you know? I mean, you know what? There's so many things it does. It, it does so many things for for, for different people. Um, you know, there's there's uh, there's exactly that. You know, there's getting it done. You know, finishing the race. So to you know to you know to 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 use a phrase that people are never giving up. There's the element of my dad coming on, and and you know that father son relationship. Yeah. So it brings that family uh, element into it. Um, there are so many kind of um, messages and uh, uh, and situations people can draw out of that one episode and. And to be quite frank, and to be honest with you, you know, I finished for me. I had to finish that race, and because I um, failed in um, yeah. in Seoul four years earlier, um, literally, I didn't want to be beaten by the Olympics again. So I figured if I finish the race, I could live with finishing eighth and being knocked out. But what yeah. I couldn't live the rest of my life with was not finishing at all. Yeah, uh, and, and it was almost that was the lesser choice of the two evils. So, so do you think um, that that's part of the kind of athlete's mentality? Because the people I've spoken to and the people you, you kind of read about a lot, there is there's, there's, there's a mindset, right, of elite athletes. athletes. Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a distinct difference on the way that elite athletes think and act, and there's that kind of. I see it's beyond determination that the rest of us just kind of have never actually either captured or kind of, or learn basically. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not just in athletics, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of sportsmen. It's not every athlete or every sportsman that, that, that possesses this, but absolutely in those guys uh, and girls that, you know, reach the pinnacle, um, the majority of them have that, for want of a phrase, X factor in them that makes them, not just determined, but, you know, we're all uh, 100% committed, uh, focused, you know, uh, and motivated to, you know, to be the best. I mean, a great example, I don't know if you've watched The Last Dance on Netflix with, with Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, I, um, I watched a couple of episodes, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, a great insight to the mind of somebody who is not going to give up. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved about that, uh, about that uh, whole series is not everybody liked him. And the reason they didn't all like him is not because he was a horrible person and did and said horrible things, 
but he pushed people and made them uncomfortable to perform better. So when he pushed himself the same way, they would all perform better and compete on the level that, that they did. So there are some people that need that pushing to get to that level. And there are some people that have that, you know, you know, within, yeah. um, you know, and I, I, and I guess it's how you look at it. There is a, there is a sports mentality, but there's lots of different sports mentalities because everybody thinks and deals with things in different ways. And, you know, one of the examples that I always give is there's roughly, what, 6.5, 7 billion people in the world, yeah. there or thereabouts. Um, every four years, there's this Olympic Games you can go to where out of that 6.57 billion people, only about roughly 17 to 18,000 people will compete. And out of that, let's call it 18,000 people, there's about 350, 355 gold medals. Now, when you look at 6.5 <laughs> billion down to 350 medals, to most people, that's an impossibility. But to an athlete or to a sports person, to an Olympian, that's a challenge. Yeah. And that's just an example of the difference of, of how we kind of well, look at the we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that, but we'll come on to the kind of... Um the kind of motivational speaking piece, because I'm sure that plays a real kind of, that plays a, that plays a part in that. But, you know, obviously when, with a lot of elite sportsmen, there is, there's, there's options are kind of odd, you know, they're strange. Once you finish being an elite sportsman, you know what I mean? There is, there's, there's, there's lots of examples of, of elite sportsmen, you know, really kind of losing their way. I say a lot yeah. of elite sports people losing their way. There's also yeah. kind of examples of them moving into quite easily transitioning into, into um, other other parts of the kind of of the of the working world either you know like yourself becoming the kind of motivational kind of speaker um uh, or just kind of in other directions yeah what was your journey how did you work for you when you were kind of finished from being the elite kind of sportsman you know to where yeah. you are now because that's you know that's i know it's a few years to cover but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um it, it was it was a very tough journey. Um, it took a number of years to get to where I am now, and a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, it, as you as you've rightly said, it's very it can be a very difficult uh, transition from the world of sport to the world of business. Um, and you know, I, I actually wrote a presentation about it, and I talked about the seven stage change curve, um, or I do talk about the seven stage change curve. And I won't go through it all, but it pretty much starts with denial. You know, the first thing is you don't want to believe that your career is over. You yeah. don't want to believe that the manager of the football or rugby team has said your career is done. You don't want to believe that the um, medical, the doctor, whoever has said, look, that injury you've got is going to end your career. You don't want to hear from people, mate, you, you're over the hill, you've passed your best day. You don't <laughs> want to believe that. Yeah. And you will, you, will, you will try and scrape a couple of more years out of it in some cases either performing at slightly lower level or trying to knock on the doors of other teams, other coaches, or trying to run and train to get, yeah. to get back. And then you go through that stage of realization where, holy crap, it's over, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's the first slap in the face at the end of the yeah. day where it, it is actually, you know, it's actually over. And then, you know, you, there's different stages you go through. And this is when, when you, you, as you said, people can start going up. Cause once you've got that realization, your world kind of stops because you may be educated, but you don't know anything else because for the yeah. last 10, 15, 20 years, that has been your life. And you've been at the top of the tree in that. Um, you kind of get over that. Most people will, will, will kind of um, suffer that for a while, then get over it um, and start looking at things. And opportunities come at you. If you've got a bit of a name, people start coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah. I've yeah. got the next best thing, invest in this, invest in that. You start chucking mud at the wall to see what sticks and... <laughs> You know, um, you know, you go through a stage of experimentation where you're trying things and things work. I, you know, went through that and 
uh, you know, I ended up trying a few bits and pieces. I ended up um, with a business part of mine setting up a company. We made and manufactured gym equipment. We went from zero to making a hell of a lot of money really quick. And we went yeah. from making a hell of a lot of money to bankrupt <laughs> just yeah. as quick. And yeah. I went bankrupt for 2.7 million. Um, uh, lost everything, the house, the, the full works. Yeah. And I had to start again. So, you know, that was worse than pulling a hamstring, to be honest with you, or as bad as, you know, as pulling a hamstring. In those times, how, how did your, that kind of mentality, that mindset come into play? Was that still there? Or does that, does that, because you're in a different kind of arena, does that start to crack? Is that kind of, or is it um, always there? No, no, it definitely starts to crack. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm always been a, whatever arena I'm in, I'm always been a confident person. But there are times when even as a confident person, those, you do have those moments of doubts. And, you know, the thing about, you know, athletics, I knew I was good at that. Yeah. I knew I was good at that. So even if I was running bad, I knew about the great training sessions that I had a few days ago or the great race I had 10 days ago or whatever. So I knew this is only a blip. When you're traveling through somewhere uh, on a journey where you have no idea where you're going, you don't know, you know, you might be lost. You don't know how far you are from the, from the, mm -hmm. from the, the destination am I on the right track am I off the right track what and that's the problem that you have um in these new arenas so I wasn't sure so of course there's there's more doubt my personal uh, uh tenacity for want of a better word uh, and determination is what kept me going and I you know and I had a dream like most people of wanting to be very wealthy make lots of money you know and, and um then you've got other things like your ego because in the sporting arena everybody knows who you are you step yeah, out yeah. of that and you're into the real world and people go oh, I, I recognize <laughs> and you know and the other thing you've got is the peers that you went to school and university or college with yeah while you were off doing your thing around the world becoming this name they were working under this you know under the uh, radar doing yeah. their own and when you meet them they're 10 12 years ahead of you they're now MDs and managers and goodness mm -hmm. knows what, and you're almost like a school leaver yep. in your experience in the business. And it's a real difficult thing to, you know, to kind of get your head around. Um, my attitude changed after the uh, situation with the gym and fitness equipment, because when I left sport and got into business, I didn't think the mentality was the same. So I, I tried to forget sport yeah. and completely change my, thought process and way of thinking to what I thought someone in the world of business would think like and, and act like and make decisions and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and it didn't work. Yeah. So when I had to reinvent myself again, I actually went back to my default mode, which was the way that I conducted myself in the way of sport. And I literally said, you know what, I'm just going to treat my life like I did in athletics because I, I know that process. I know how to kind of set myself up and, and, and plan things. And I didn't think any worse could happen in my life. So I was almost like, sod it. What have I got to lose? Exactly. You know, I've already lost it all. Yeah. Um, and actually, that was the turning point that, that took me from, and I'm going back to 1997, there or thereabouts, to now when I got into speaking and, and you know, to the position I'm in now. Yeah. Um, and I actually followed the same processes i use some of the same techniques that i taught my coach taught me that my sports psychologist taught me to get to where i am um and two years ago i wrote a book called sport is a business and business is a sport because i actually don't see the difference between mm -hmm. the mental uh process and the mindset that you you take to be successful in sport or you do in in business um 
I've been privileged to mix with some people that have made a lot of money and been very successful, successful in the business world. And when I talk to them and listen to them and, and kind of, you know, study them, they're the same. They, and if they had a God given talent in sport, they would have been as, as successful in, in yes. their sport as they uh, are and were in their, in their business. So it was a bit of a realization, an expensive one, but it was a realization. <laughs> Um, but it's all a journey, though, right? I mean, you I mean this is the thing that I suppose I'm I'm trying to kind of key into is it's always been that it's a it's a it's a mental attitude. That's, Absolutely, that's, that's the thing that kind of followed you through. You know, yeah. wherever that comes from, um, and however you deploy that, you're in your in your set in your in your instance, it was in elite athletics. You know, yeah. other people, it's in the business world. Other people, it might be in other other kind of forms. But it's always that kind of that mental attitude. Yeah, um, and you know, and you know, for anyone else who hasn't kind of who hasn't connected with you, you know, you're you're a successful kind of motivational speaker now. You speak all over the place. Um, I've seen some of your stuff online, uh, and it, it it's amazing. I've not read the book, um, okay, but uh, but I'm you know if if you if you feel like sending a signed copy, then I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> I'll send you. I tell you what, I'll send you a copy. You can get it on Amazon. It's not very thick. It's a quite a thin book. But I'm dyslexic, but I wrote this myself. So brilliant. Uh, another challenge so I wanted something the likes of in me could easily read so it's not a, a tough read it's not a difficult read um it's pretty much said in the way that I speak yeah um uh, and uh yes it's it, you know but now well, I'll be happy to send you a copy we'll also include a, a link to the to the to the to the book on um on the blurb for the for the podcast yeah um and so I think kind of obviously this is a marketing podcast so we we need to touch on this at some point yes um yeah. uh and it always interests me uh, that kind of where, especially with sportsmen, and with I said, I'm talking to a few now, that there's, uh, and also, funny enough, I, I spoke to an artist last week, uh, and he had a very similar thing. There's this kind of, there's personas, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is a very big thing in marketing, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah, which uh, we, as a marketeer, we try and figure out the persona for the type of people that we want our clients to sell to. Okay. You know? But for, for someone like you, there must be, you know, there is Derek, the motivational speaker, you know, and this is the person that you are trying to get in front of businesses to, uh, you know, in the end, you want people to employ you, you want people to kind of pay you for your time, you want people to read the book, you want people to pay for the book, you want to go into these businesses, show them, kind of give them, do your kind of training and your know, motivational speaking and help them kind of have the similar mentality to, you to be successful. But then there must be other sides to you as well, you know, there must be kind of like a differentiation between the two. And there's a difference in the way that you pitch those and how you market those. And I know you're a bit of a marketeer because we, we spoke about this kind of briefly before, you know, I've seen you kind of giving advice on kind of other, other people on kind of LinkedIn on, on things about how to kind of, how to use these tools. So you're obviously okay with how kind of how to do this, but you know, where did that come from? And is that something you recognize or, you know, how does that work in your head now? You know, it, it, it is something that I recognize. And, you know, what, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I advocate in, 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 in one, some of my presentations is, is that thing of, of, of having to, to change and reassess your situation and replan um, and, and modify what you're doing for the current climate for, for want of a better word. And there hasn't been a better situation in my life than in the last 
two and a half, three months. Um, <laughs> there's been some little thing going on globally. Um, yeah, apparently so. so I've heard apparently it, yeah. so. Yeah, I've heard something going on. And that has made a, you know, a huge difference. So it's very kind of you to say that, you know, you think that I'm okay with, you know, uh, a bit of marketing and, and some online stuff. But I'm only just learning this. So uh, as we were talking about, you know, just before we came on, you know, um, LinkedIn is something that is still very new for me. I had a LinkedIn profile uh, for a, a few years now, but I only had it because everybody else does. And I always used to say, I don't get LinkedIn. I don't get it. I don't understand why I'm linking in with these people because I don't know them. They don't know me. Um, I've tried to reach out to Sphere. But no, I get nothing back. So, you know, as far as I was concerned, ah, no, you know, but I'll just, just leave it. Um, and to kind of, again, to cut quite a long story short, I was... Uh, Put, uh, pointed in the direction of, of, of a lady who, uh, uh, who lives in Australia, Melbourne, I think it is. And she's quite prolific on, on, you know, on LinkedIn. Um, and as I said uh, before, she was made redundant uh, at the beginning of lockdown. And within a week, she'd had 27, 28 uh, video uh, interview offers and about seven or eight job offers. And um, she ended up working for a company called Sales Tribe. And part of their uh, remit is to help people build a bigger digital footprint on LinkedIn. Yeah. So um, I'd spoken in Australia last year. So it's through connections there. That's how we ended up sort of, um, um, sort of connecting. And coincidentally, she happened to be in the audience at one of my talks when I was in Australia anyway. So that was quite okay. small world. Anyway, um, and she kind of pointed me in the right direction of some of the things that I should or shouldn't be doing on LinkedIn. So in the last month, I have been a lot more active on it and I've actually got a lot more out of it. Hence, you know, you and I, um, you know, connecting and, and, and having a conversation. Um, so I think sometimes when your back's against the wall, you have to learn these new, new things quickly, else you're mm -hmm. going to be left behind. Uh, so I'm, I'm basically practicing what I, you know, what I preach. I'm still learning. I've still got a long way to go. I'm still asking that question, how do I take my brand and reach way more people than I've ever done before? Um, because one of the uh, situations that I have, and I almost had problems, and it's not a problem, I have a management company and an agency that, you know, in the old world, I only use that phrase, yeah. would, would market me and, 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 and put me out and the phone would ring and, and um, Jack or, or Amelia would pick up the phone, uh, would be on the end of the phone and say to me, Derek, um, we've got a, a job for you here. Are you available on this day? This is what it is. This is what, we need to arrange a briefing call. And it was, from my point of view, just a reactive uh, process um they you know and and you know the company's called champions absolutely brilliant champions uk plc and they uh, do a great job uh, not just for me but you know for other people yeah and i guess that kind of makes you a little bit lazy as an individual because you kind of rest on the laurels of is these experts and you know champions is a sizable company is about 120 130 people employed by them different departments so 120 130 people can do a lot better than than one was my kind of well, some, sometimes yes and sometimes no isn't it i mean absolutely yeah, yeah. so um i think one of the things you do do like that, that you 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 can post regularly you post your kind of red talks right yeah you know, these, these things yeah. and is that something you started doing recently because those are kind of like little kind of inspirational or just kind of just uh, you know a little uh, discussion Snippet. of what's going on yeah you know yeah. this kind of thing that's, that's yeah happening. yeah so what happened is about two years ago I started posting quotes, which were just like black and white yeah. photographs uh, with a quote on, it started off on Instagram. Um, and I used to, you know, I obviously on Instagram, I follow some of these people that, you know, post quotes every day. And, yeah. and, um, and some of those quite like them. And I used to just, you know, repost them. And I decided, no, I'm going to make them a bit more personal. So I used to screenshot 
the word, then I'd take a picture of myself, loads and loads of pictures as we all do on our phone, and then I'd find a picture that was relevant to that post, yeah. and I'd, I'd rewrite it, make it a black and white picture. And I've been doing that for two years or so. Um, every day, just one. And, and that was it. Didn't do any more. Put the quote up, nothing else with it. And then during you know, lockdown, after the first, I don't know, two, three weeks of lockdown, I decided to do what I call red talk. And it was, it was a take on Ted talks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I thought I do, I'll do that. And I'll still, you're, you're, the logo for it is suspiciously close as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought I'd use red cause it is the first three course, letters of yeah, my yeah, surname yeah. and it's the same color. <laughs> Pure coincidence. Um, uh, and I have done a Ted talks so and there we go. Um, and, uh, I just thought I would talk about the quote that I put up. And as time went on, people started to, you know, comment and, and say things about it and I was getting some nice kind of reaction so I just thought it was a nice thing to do in this quiet time um to try and keep me kind of in present you know face yeah. there and keep myself yeah. a little present but even that is only as good as the people that read it um so um so yeah so that was the reason why behind that um well they're really good you know they, they as I said you, you do them pretty often um and I suppose with my marketing cap on you know, that consistency is something you kind of want to, you know, you, you always want to do. That always helps with kind of like, you know, the kind of social media generally is consistency. Yeah. Um, but they're really, they're really cool. And it, it's, I think it's something you should kind of continue with. I really kind of, I think they're, they're obviously working for you. Um, and uh, they're obviously really personal. And that always comes across really well as well. You know, it's kind of a very, you know, there's, there's, a, there's not a robot in the back there, behind that. No. You know, you know it's used no. to kind of doing that. Um, and are you putting all this together yourself or have you got, a, you know? No, no, I'm doing them all myself. Um, uh, I mean, you possibly recognize the background every day pretty much uh, in those red talks. So I'm sat in my office, which I've completely transformed since, since lockdown. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm having to adapt and, and change the way I'm doing a lot more uh, online um, webinar zoom yeah. calls that sort of stuff than i've ever done in my life which we all are, are, yeah. are doing now you know so um i've gone from a little laptop that was in the middle of a, a desk i've now got three screens i've got an imac i've got a 24 inch screen i've got another 22 inch screen i've got lights and uh -huh. microphone pretty much similar to you uh, but mine's kind of on a boom and i've got it hopefully out of sight no i was um, i always like to have mine in camera just so people know that it's kind of it looks fairly it looks, looks a bit professional it does look quite good actually I, I'm, <laughs> I was looking at that and i'm actually thinking i might drop mine down a little bit now it looks <laughs> but anyway um so uh, all, all of that stuff is done on my phone so the, the the red talks i literally record on my phone um i've got a little stand light i put my phone in i i don't know what i'm gonna do until i flick through because what i've done is i've got about I did have, I've got to make a few more. I've got about 260 uh, quotes all made up in a file on my phone. So if I'm out and about and I need to put a, this was before I did the red talk, I've got to put a quote up. I could do it on the move. Yeah. So they're already made up. So I flick through and I just, oh, I quite like that one today. Or there might be something I watched on TV or somebody said something or something. I think, oh, I've got a quote on that. I know I've got something that reminds me of that. And I literally put it down and I just, blurt it out i think for a few seconds what i think is relevant and i just blurt it out there's no rehearsals sometimes i can get it in one take sometimes it's in about four or five takes mm -hmm. and then there are apps that you can download for free to do some basic editing and yeah. i edit the pictures and all that and then i just post them yeah. uh, on instagram facebook and um uh, linkedin and um i can't i haven't posted them on twitter because they, they don't give you the opportunity to be able to or the facility yeah. to 
put film on, um, but I do put the quote on on. Um, um, and, and again, just with the kind of marketing hat on, do you see um, other other certain channels? What we could say. So you've got your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Twitters, and Instagram. Is the one that um, works better for you and kind of gets more engagement, gets more kind of visits, gets you more opportunities, let's say, than than, than others? Is that kind of? Um, I don't know. To be fair, I mean, you know. I don't think I've got a particularly big LinkedIn following. Uh, it's something I would like to know how to improve that following. Um, uh, you know, I, I, no, I don't think I get much different. You know, I, I know people with less followers than me, but, but seem to get a lot more interaction from people. Uh, and that's the same as on, on LinkedIn. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still yeah. learning. Well, it's all um, a journey, you know, it's all a journey. It's all learning. Yeah. Practice, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I really want to get my uh, Instagram following up there. Yeah. Um, uh, and the same with my LinkedIn I do as well. Now I do see a difference between LinkedIn and Instagram yeah. in the sense that I do see LinkedIn being a bit more business orientated. And in my mind, you could tell me I'm right or wrong here, but in my mind, I see me possibly getting more work from LinkedIn than I would from Instagram. Um, I could be wrong. That would um, normally I, be the kind of way it would work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so LinkedIn is your kind of business network. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's, again, we've talked about those kind of personas. There's a certain way you would talk possibly on LinkedIn as opposed to what sort of way you might talk on Facebook or Instagram and other channels. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a definitely a kind of a professionalism. There's, yeah. a, there's a blur. Sometimes there's a blurry line, you know, but, but um, there's definitely a kind of a, a slight difference in also what, in the marketing world, there would be a different audience there. So there's different people on, on LinkedIn than there would be on, on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I, f I find uh, exactly that. I find Instagram's a bit more trendy and younger, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to anybody that's on LinkedIn. You want to get on TikTok then, that's the, if that's, that's oh, the one. Oh, God, no, I can't be. <laughs> I, if I were to do another one, I wouldn't have any time to do any work apart from, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, there, you know, as you said, there are stuff I put on uh, uh, Instagram that I wouldn't. That's more, you know, it's a bit more uh, blingy for one, yeah. if I want to use that word. Um, you know, and my wife and I were talking about this yesterday, um, certainly before the lockdown. You know, I get invited to a lot of events. We travel a lot and all. And that looks really good. We're here. We're there. Is he? And that's, you know, kind of nice. But it's not the sort of stuff that I would necessarily put on LinkedIn. If I happen to be at an event, but there was... A reason why I posted something, I would I would post that, but I wouldn't yeah. put, hey, look at me in the Caribbean on the sea yeah, on on LinkedIn. But you would do on on Instagram. Um, but there are some people on Instagram. There are that you know I see that there is a a network of people on Instagram that also could be very inf influential as mm -hmm. well as LinkedIn. So I do you know do uh, try and cover both of them. And Facebook is more of a personal family yeah. and friends. Um, uh, platform for me i do have a facebook fan page as well which again I, I i try i put the red talks on there and try to interact with people you know um that are that you know that are that, that, are, that are following me on there so yeah. i get there is a bit of a difference yeah oh, do you know what Derek? it's been brilliant talking to you today uh it's been fascinating and a bit about your kind of history and your move into business and it's also again i think people are going to be really interested to kind of to see you know, how someone in your position now, uh, you know, markets themselves and, and the things they know and things they don't know and, it, and it's kind of constant learning journey that is, then you're just always kind of, kind of trying something new. I think it's, um, it, it's great to hear because, you know, it's something that, you know, 
the audience should all be trying, you know, sort of trying something that's kind of different. Most of the audience will probably be pretty, pretty au fait, hopefully with LinkedIn and things like that. But yeah. it's good to kind of, it's almost kind of, we, some of us have been on it for so long that we forget what it was like to kind of come onto it and kind of start there in the beginning. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of good to kind of take that little kind of trip down memory lane to see kind of, yeah, it's tough when you're trying to kind of get, build, build up those things, you know, network. It, it, it is tough, but you know what? It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, you can still always learn something and, and you know, to, to, to link athletics to business again or sport to business. One of the things that I always say is you take Usain Bolt, are, you know, undoubtedly the best sprinter, uh, you know, in the world. He, you know, when he was, his best, you know, no one better, still holds the world record. But even he had a coach that coached him every single day to try and make him better. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, or how uh, you know how prolific your followers and how how much how effective you are on in the, uh, in marketing period. It doesn't just have to be on social media. There's always stuff that you can still learn. Um, and if you know, my argument is if it's good enough for you, saying Bolt, then it's 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 bloody well good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> and that's the kind of attitude that I that I'm taking towards this. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And to be honest, I possibly will never get anywhere because I'm always looking to be that one step. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. uh, better. Uh, and again, I never ever ran the perfect race in my life. Even my best and fastest races, they were never the perfect race because I was always looking for that perfect race. So There's always places to improve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, on that, I think we're going to leave it there. So thank you very much, uh, Derek, for joining me today. Thank you very much. Now I enjoyed it. Thanks, James. The Marketing Rules Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. Simply search for the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles. You can find more about Thinking Circles and how you can work with us at www.thinkincircles.com. My name's been James Whitelock and I've been your host for the Marketing Rules Podcast. Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.